Hello, and welcome to the Do You Podcast. Buckle up, because you're about to go on an adventure. An adventure to unlock your potential and change the direction of your life. I present to you, your host, Vera Stepina. Right. Well, welcome back to the Do You Podcast. I'm your host, Vera Stepina, and today I am talking to Layla Harmozy. Layla is an entrepreneur, and she is wearing like 5,000 different hats. And you can learn a lot about her on a lot of different podcasts. She's done a lot of business podcasts and she has a lot of different information out there. But today I'm talking to Layla the human and not Layla the businesswoman, because I don't think a lot of people get to know this side of you. So thank you so much for being here. And my first question to you is, who are you, Layla? You know, it's an interesting question. I don't like to honestly, like really identify with anything. Like I'm like, I'm a human, you know, part of the human species. And I think if anything, I would identify with. I'm an adaptable person. I'm a coachable person. I'm a flexible person. But I've I've never really, when it says like, who am I? Never really. I'm Layla, you know. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> you know, I think Layla five years ago and Layla today are polar opposite. And Layla ten years ago was polar opposite. And I think Layla five years from now will be very different. So Layla is just an ever changing human in my mind. Yeah. So how is Layla today different from Layla five years ago? You know, I think five years ago it was just I had been with my now husband for like a year and had had a, the business that we had for like a year. Layla then was much less experienced and much less confident. You know, I was always willing to put myself in hard situations and I was always willing to be challenged. I don't think I ever really have been someone who's like comfort is like of more of a foreign feeling to me, but I put myself in like a place of immense discomfort, not even necessarily purposely, but it just turned out to be when we started a business together, my husband and I, and then it, it just kind of took off. And then, you know, I kind of promised myself I wouldn't be the reason that it would fail. And I knew what that meant is so I would have to evolve very quickly as a person because, you know, everything that I knew and everything I'd read is just basically, you know, like the business is only limited by the founder, not by anything else. And so that was kind of what I set out to do or was just like, I will become whatever I need to become to make this successful because I'm curious what that's like. You know, it's not like I have some, like, I'm like, I want to know what it's like to be able to do this as a person. I want the experience like in my back pocket. Like I, I think of life as like a collection of experiences and moments. And I'm like, I would like this one. I don't know how it's going to feel. It might suck. I might not like it but I would like to know what that's like. And I think through that process, the person I was then versus the person I am now, I think I'm just so much more comfortable in my own skin. And I'm so much more, the opinions of others, it's never really affected me as much. I've always kind of gone the opposite direction of most people that I was friends with or my family, et cetera. But now it's to a point where it's like people, you know, absolutely slam me sometimes and it doesn't bug me. Like if anything, I think that Layla five years ago, it definitely bugged a lot more. Now, I think I'm just, I'm so much more committed to myself and who I am and being comfortable with myself um, and being proud of myself and being my own best friend. I don't think I was like that five years ago, much more insecure, much less confident and more reliant on outside sources. Yeah. And I think you've said it somewhere like in your stories or in your content that to become confident, like you need to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations. And the more you do that, like the better your tolerance is going to be and the faster you're going to get to like just a better place in general. So you don't get bugged by people's comments, opinions, and like all that kind of stuff. Totally. And it's 100% true. Yeah. So you say uncomfortable. What was the most uncomfortable situation in your life? There's been a few. I don't know if in my life, it's hard to, you know, because they're so different. I think everything in the present moment is always more uncomfortable than it was five years ago, because you can look yeah. back. But I think that what was so uncomfortable was going from having very little responsibility to anybody but myself to having a lot of responsibility to many people besides myself. 
and feeling the pressure of that. And for a long time, I was so critical of being so perfect to uphold that responsibility. And I thought that I had to be perfect in order to be deserving of that responsibility. And I realized over time that I was not, but that was probably the most uncomfortable part for me was I was just always, and, and it's probably been the last two years I've made the shift, but like in the beginning, so focused on, I am the servant of others, but almost to a detriment where it was like, I sacrificed everything myself. I sacrificed fun. I sacrificed things I liked. I sacrificed things I did for myself just because I poured so much into it. And then it was to a point where it was just too extreme. And so I think that, you know, you always kind of go from one extreme to another and end up in the middle. And so I think I kind of just said, I'm not going to go to the other extreme and just be super selfish. I'm just going to go to the middle. Um, and I think that that was, that's probably been the hardest piece is I think that why so many people are unable to achieve success is that they make it this huge thing in their mind. And it's good to make things important to yourself. But I think that when you make something overly important, you put so much pressure on yourself that that is actually what becomes the issue, not the thing itself, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. And um, I'm going to refer to something that you would be familiar with. You know, when even in the beginning, when I worked with Jim Lunch, like 5,000 years ago, what it feels like, we always had this thing like, oh, you know, I'm going to build a million dollar gym, I'm going to build a million dollar gym. And once COVID hit, and we were all faced with this like new reality, yeah. and I actually closed my gym last year in September. And what I realized that building a million dollars in a gym and building a million dollar business at home, I'm like, those are two different things. And like you said, there was so much pressure put like on myself by myself. Yeah. Because this is the number that you want to hit. But I'm like, what are you going to get out of it? Like, and I think like once you shift that mindset, but that just helps a ton. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're probably like, I want to hit that million dollar gym because I, I associate it with a feeling that I think I'm going to have when I hit it. But by the time you hit it, there's no feeling, right? Because you've been assuming that you've been going to hit it for like months in a row till then. And then the only feeling that you get is just like the confidence you acquire, but like, there's no, you know, I think we're always like searching for like that thing that's going to make us feel so much better. Than right. We do. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> and like nothing does. That's funny. Yeah. And I mean, you see like somebody on the stage with a sword and you're like, I fucking want that. And like, it's not like, it's never about that. And it's just so funny how that works. You guys have been having a lot of fun lately. Yeah. And that's kind of like what you said that you weren't having that much fun. And so do you think that you finally got to the place in life where you were like, well, I worked hard enough. I achieved enough that I can have fun now. Or is it more just like a lifestyle? It's more of what I do in my free time has changed. And so I think that for a long time, and I think while we were building the business, you know, it's like we worked a lot, but we did have time where it's like your brain just stopped. You're just like, I, I really can't do any more work, especially because a lot of the work that we were doing for a while, you know, I think because of that responsibility we're bearing so much, um, it's not work that we necessarily needed to be doing. Other people could have been doing it. And I think once that shift was made and I, I realized that in order to have the business I wanted to have and to be able to have the life I wanted to have and be the person I wanted to be, I had to let go more. And I had to let people not just like run the business and, you know, lead and all that, but like become the like main leaders of the business and myself be kind of in the background, which is a really big transition. And so during that transitional period, it's like I've added in because I don't get to be that rock for everybody anymore. I don't get to have as much interaction because I only have interaction now with like the two key stakeholders. And there's this missing piece of like community really. It's what's best for the business. It doesn't mean it's best for my life. And so then it's, well, you know, you're kind of lonely. Uh, honestly. And me and Alex both were like, we, we need to have more friends. Like we need to invest more in friendships because the business should not fulfill every aspect of our lives. And it did for a long time to a 
and it was great in many ways, and it also created a lot of issues in many ways. And so I think we both said, you know, let's create that outside of the business. And I'm really happy that we have because I've made so many friends and have so many friendships with people who have similar ambitions and, you know, they're really inspirational for me as friends. It's made me way better when I'm working. <laughs> and I think that if I look at what I did when I didn't work prior, it was just like, you know, like try and read a book or probably pass the fuck out <laughs> um, or watch Netflix because my brain was mush. Um, and now I, I hang out with friends and I feel like another piece of that kind of ties in with also just doing things that energize you. It's like, well, past 5.30, if I'm not working, what am I going to do with the rest of my day? You know, I've got like five hours left. I'm like, well, I want to see people who I like and who inspire me. And that's been a big initiative of ours. And to say, not just how can I build a billion dollar business or a billion dollar empire, but how can I do it while traveling, while having friends, while having a great marriage? And I think it was just the mindset shift of being like, that's absolutely possible that I switched this last year. And I had a couple of friends who you know, really inspired me because they have businesses of my size and bigger and they do that. And I was like, man, it's because, and I could see it so clearly with myself that it was a need for like perfection and control for a long time that kind of like prohibited me from getting to that next level, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think like you, you talk about a lot too, is that a lot of times you just need to learn to delegate, even though the people are not going to do it maybe as good as you do, yeah. but that will allow you to have time back, you know, do like fun stuff and have fun. And I think a lot of times it's hard for us to take our own advice. And then you're like, I'm telling you how to do that. But sometimes I'm like, can I look at myself? And do I actually do that myself? Yeah. I think a lot of like, I think I used to have a lot of guilt. Like if I didn't work, I would feel really like high strung. Mm -hmm. And I just challenged myself to just not, to just let myself feel high strung. And I was like, eventually it will go away. And it did. And so did the feeling of guilt, you know, for like not working every hour of every day. Yeah. That's cool. I actually listened to Alex's podcast when he was talking about how to deal with anxiety instead of like dealing with overcoming anxiety, you just like don't think about it. And I think it's kind of the same with guilt because yeah. if you just keep tapping into it, you know, it's just going to keep coming back. I know. I think it's like, it's a really hard, uh, it's a hard, I want to say like dichotomy to manage of like how much attention you put to something versus not. And I think that like, you know, labels can help, but they can also prevent you from like, moving past things and like focusing on something, you know, it's just, I think the way we see it is like, hmm, I notice that I feel like stressed or anxious and I'll be like, but I don't need to focus on that feeling. I can go do something else, you know? And then that feeling, feelings by their nature are, you know, impermanent. So it'll go away eventually. So why should I focus on it? I can't control it anyways. I mean, for the most part, I don't think you can really control <clears throat> anything in general. Like you think you can, but then, you know, Facebook doesn't work for like six hours and you're like, what the fuck is happening? This is the <laughs> end of the world. <laughs> Yeah. So another question I wanted to ask you is who is the most smartest person that you know that you've met throughout your life? Now some people are going to get offended. It's okay. No, I mean, you know, I'm biased, honestly, Vera. I mean, Trevor, I think is just like, because Trevor, Dr. Trevor Kashi, he has, he's a genius when it comes to actual, like the smarts, right? Like science and math and like all those. And I remember one time when we started talking about um, Splenda. And then he, he, we have a whiteboard and he literally was just drawing molecules on the whiteboard, like, like a crazy person. And I was like, and even Alex was like, oh my God, I don't know what he's saying. You know? And like, he's the only person that when I talk to him, sometimes I have to be like, can you tell me that in different words? Cause I don't know what you just said. But what I love is that, you know, a couple of years ago, he started really tapping into also human behavior and how that plays into everything. And I think that 
funny. It's like uh, Alex and I will watch like Elon Musk talk and we're like, dude, Trevor's like, there's so many aspects you can see of like how Elon Musk says things versus like Trevor try, Trevor has to try to talk like a normal person because he's like, these words are not accurate to describe what I want to tell you, but I'm going to have to use them, simple words, because- So you that you can understand, understand you peasants, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I'm biased because he's just like a close friend and I adore him, but he is definitely, I mean, I think he's a genius. I think it's very interesting how everything works in his head because I mean, we know he has a PhD in biochemistry, right? So like when you talk about Splenda, I'm like, that makes sense. Like yeah. he would know the molecules, right? But last year I was in Austin and I came by for coffee and he was asking me about the race and he's like, are you going to win this race? I'm like, this is not my specialty. I'm like, you know, something else. And I'm like, I have this real weird injury. And he's like, do you mind if I poke around? I'm like, sure. And so apparently he knows how to do the active release therapy. And I'm like, as a professional, right? And I'm like, how did you end up learning how to do this going from like biochemistry to cognitive behavior and nutrition and this? And he's like, well, if you think about it, it makes sense because this is connected to this and this and that. And I'm like, it does. But like, like when he learns a skill and then he like learns everything about it. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just mind blowing. I think that he's mastered the art of thinking. If you really think about it, because if you can master the art of thinking, then it's really easy to learn most things. And that's when, when I listen to him talk out loud, I'm like, he really knows how to think well. And I, that's the same thing as like, Alex and I will bring like really interesting business problems to Trevor and be like, we're just stumped on this. What do you think? And he doesn't need to know anything about it, but he can immediately understand how it works by asking the right questions and then can use his thinking frameworks to break it down and has a better answer than I would have ever had. Yeah, which is hundred percent true. And it's interesting because I think the two biggest things that I learned from you and Alex being in your business coaching program is I learned how to wake up early and I stopped drinking. So thanks to that. And what I learned from Trevor is actually a really, like really cool business solution, but it was a nutrition program. Yeah. And I'm like, it's funny how you like just take away different things from different people and you still can take anything that you want yeah. regardless of the title, you know? Yeah, totally. You never know what yeah. you're going to learn from someone. It's like you sign up to learn something, but then you always learn something else. Yeah, which is awesome. And again, like you said, you know, he didn't need to know anything about the business, but because of the way he thinks and it just makes so much sense. And you're like, well, duh. And yeah. that helped a ton. And I'm like, well, thank you. That was great. Awesome. Yeah. So I want to ask you an um, uncomfortable question. Maybe not. Like, I know you're very transparent with everybody and you share stuff all the time. What was the most embarrassing moment in your life that you like still remember? You know, it's interesting. I mean, like besides like being a kid and like, you know, like, think of something embarrassing I mean I can think of like humiliating or shameful you know what I mean mm -hmm. I mean I think that the most like shame or humiliation I felt was when we had to lay off a department that like shook me and I'm and then I get embarrassed about the fact that I was so upset about it so it's mm -hmm. like I hired somebody they hired a huge team we realized it wasn't the right team we laid off all these people that was in conflict with the identity that I had had that I didn't realize that which is like Layla is a great leader and would never do that and then I was upset at myself for having even clung to some identity that, so I like escalated my emotions so far. And it took me a while to like dig myself out of that. But I was like, I felt like everyone must know and think I'm just a piece of shit. Like I was so humiliated for a while and embarrassed that I made such a, what I consider to be like an elementary mistake when I'm somebody who's supposed to be teaching others. I think that taught me a lot about myself. And I realized like, man, you can't, I can't beat myself up like this. It's not going to make me any better. And so, yeah, that was the most humiliating, but it, it came out with the learning that I just realized how much I was just like kicking the shit out of myself in my head. And I was like, wow, you could be using this time to be productive and you're not, you're just indulging in this like self-hatred. Like, why do you want to feel so bad? 
And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like, it's easier than feeling good, right? Like, I think like feeling bad is like, it's our brain's default because it like protects us. But like, I was like, oh, it's just easier to feel bad. I'm just like, it's, I don't have to put any effort into it. You have to put effort in to feel good. And so that moment really like propelled me to think, okay, how can I be my best friend when I make these mistakes that are public? Because I'm going to, I can think of probably a few more from the business for sure. Cause that's just like, I think they're more humiliating because the spotlight is on you and like people watch and see, you know, if you make mistakes in front of staff and clients, I'm sure, you know, it's just like, oh, versus if you do it in by yourself, like, it's like, you forget. Yeah. Which is funny because a lot of times, like you said, you probably feel more shamed than anybody else, you know, like things badly about you. Totally. It's funny how totally. that works. It's so selfish because I'm like, I know logically that nobody's thinking about me or if they do, it's like they, you know, they think long enough to leave an asshole comment and then they move on. But it's just funny how our brains work like that. I have to remind myself I'm insignificant in the greater scheme of things. Yeah, that is true. There are 7 million, there are 7 billion people on this planet and most of them don't know you. Right. And like, nobody's really going to care when I die. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) exactly. So when you say, you know, like it's more productive to be doing something versus like sitting in that and like rethinking about it. Why do you think that most people would actually not do that? And would just still like sit in the past and just keep reliving the same experience over and over. I think that they feel like somehow that is going to help. I think that there's two types of personalities, some that discount and they move on too quickly. And then there's some that just indulge and overanalyze. And I think that for like the indulging overanalyzers, somehow you think that if I study this situation more and more and I relive it more and more and I, you know, beat myself up for it more and more, somehow something good will come of it. But you're actually just overthinking and overanalyzing and working yourself up even more. I think it's if you just experiment and try the opposite, which is like, instead of spending this time indulging, what if you said, I'm not allowed to do that? I require myself to only think on solutions. And I think that when you think on solutions, then you're able to think about your thinking And you're able to like get above it and see like, oh, you know, I don't actually need to know why I fucked up as much as I think I do. I just need to focus on what I can do right now to remedy the situation. And I think that too many people like nowadays, like, it really actually bugs me. (laughs) A lot of people are like, well, I need to know why I cheated on this person. I need to know why I said this the other day. What, What got into me? What is it? And they like focus on that so much. I'm like, you don't need to know why. Just like figure out how to not do it again. The figuring out of the why, if you study anything with psychology, it's like most people actually identify the wrong cause. So like our ability to correlate an event with being the causation is so far off, but there's no fucking point. We usually make it up. And, you know, I think sometimes we even like go to somebody, we're like, tell me what it is. Why do I act this way? And they're like, it's your grandfather's urn and and the things he did when he was a child. And, you know, you just have carried it on for generations and, you know, you have to rub the Buddha's belly and pat your head and it'll go away. And, you know, it's like people, I think, it's some kind of superstition. And so instead, I think you just take that and you focus on the solution. It's much more productive because you can drive yourself nuts just thinking, why do I do these things? It's like, you're a fucked up human, like all of us, you know? Yeah. Gary Bishop uh, in his podcast, he was talking about, again, like parents, maybe it was in a book actually, he's talking about how parents fuck you up and whatever. And he's like, yeah, so he did. And so fucking what? <laughs> and I'm like, totally. yeah. so I'm like, exactly. So fucking what? So fucking what? There's been so many times, it's actually been recent that I've offended people because they've told me they're like, well, I had, you know, really traumatic childhood. And I'm like, I could say so too. And I could tell you some shit and you'd be like, are you okay? But like, I don't claim that. And then they say it. And then I've said, yeah, I think everybody does. And I, I get so offended. And I'm like, why are you protecting this thing that doesn't help you? 
it's like they're almost like defensive of their victimhood. It's very interesting. Yeah, and I think this whole movement with, you know, the positive thinking and how you need to make sure that you tap into your past and you need to like heal. And I'm like, while you're healing, your life is going to go by and you're going to be 67 and have diabetes and like living in a wheelchair. So is that what you want to remember? I mean, nobody likes when I say that, but. No, I mean, like I would be like define healing. How do you know when you're healed? Yeah, sitting on a couch, healing. (laughs) I think most people think like healing means that I'm, totally at peace and I never think about these bad things again. And I do, and I'm like, that's just not how life works. But if you can think about those things and still feel negatively and not be upset about thinking and about the negative feelings, then I think you've made a lot of progress. Yeah. And I think it's just like this whole thing that negative is like, it's not necessarily always bad. It's just there. And so if we can want. Yeah. I think you know, it's funny because like a mental exercise I do is like, when I have something really challenging I'm doing or like something coming up that you know, provokes a lot of stressful thoughts, I'm like, okay, well, how is this good for me? And I'm like, well, I'll become more resilient. The next time this happens, I won't feel stressed. The, you know, this and that, like, I'm just like, there's so many good things. I think more often you probably know, it's like losing weight feels like shit. <laughs> like, oh, it totally does. People are like, but I'm hungry. I'm like, yeah, you're starving all the time if you're losing weight. That's pretty much how it works. And like, that's the most effective way because if you just, you know, like buffer with like gum and lettuce and this and that. It's like, it's not sustainable. You're not going to have lettuce on your fucking plane with you. And on a tri- if you want to go on a trip to Africa, what are you going to do? You know, but if you can just learn to be hungry and uncomfortable and know that it's not a bad thing, it's just so much faster and easier. Yeah. Like Trevor says, being hungry is not an emergency. But if it's an emergency, you call 911. <laughs> and like, that can be more true. I know. I know. You know? Yeah. So now we're talking about hungry and, and having diets, uh, but you do, you, you, you have a lot of dessert. You, you like dessert. <laughs> and Alex is like, we created this movement. I'm like, you gave us permission. Thank you. <laughs> I know. You know, it's funny too, because like people are like, how do you eat like that? Like all the time and stuff. And I'm like, well, I definitely don't eat as much as Alex. So let's be clear there. Like <laughs> I know my limits, right? Which is like, I like to taste things. I like to go out to dinner, but like, it's funny because people see that. And like a lot of people mess with me like, what do you eat during the day? And I'm like, Honestly, I just eat like protein shake and chicken because I like going out to dinner. I like the experience. I like going to go eat with friends. I like not having to think about what I'm eating, like being able to just try stuff. It used to be if I would eat like full meals and then I'd go out to dinner and be like super restricted and be like, oh my gosh, I can't eat, you know, this and that. Yeah. And it's, I, you know, I kind of changed my methodology in the last two years. And I'm like, I just have to do what works with my lifestyle and what I want. It's not perfect. It's not ideal, but it works with the life I want to have and like traveling and stuff. It's like, it's honestly just a lot easier to eat a lot less for me. And then just eat like one meal, basically. And that yeah, will- which in the end is the same thing anyway, so. Right, exactly. So it's- Yeah. And I think it's funny, again, because like, just because you have a video for desserts doesn't mean that you ate all four of them. But then people look at you and they're like, oh my God, Lily's so lucky. She's such a lucky bitch. She eats dessert, then she doesn't get fat. Oh, and yeah, no. and then it snowballs. No. And like, it's funny because we went to Mexico for like three weeks and we rented a house and like worked from there. But we went out to dinner every night and the food there was amazing. And like, we ordered dessert every night. Alex was like, let's order all of them. Like almost every restaurant. And like, I probably put on, I mean, he's like, you didn't gain any weight, but I'm like, I probably gained like two pounds. You know, like I'm not immune, but like, I just know that if I just eat a little bit less for the next couple of weeks, it'll just go away. You know, it's like, huh, I think it's just when you stress over it. You know, like I used to, it's like, oh my God, I've gained two pounds. I need to kill myself now. And like cardio and weights and no food for sure. Just like no eating Layla. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I think that, is worse for you than the opposite. Yeah, and you used to be really overweight too for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you you ever feel scared to go back to the fat and being fat? 
No. no. So it's actually kind of the same with uh, Alex and I talked about this recently, like with drinking. Like I used to not be able to drink without getting like fucked up. Mm-hmm. And we have like so many events we go to and stuff and people always like putting drinks in my hands. And I was like, I wonder if I could just like, so I made a challenge for myself. It was about 18 months ago. I said, I'm just going to drink half of every drink. <laughs> so like if uh, half of one drink. So a lot of times I'll go to dinner and people will be so confused because I order a drink and I drink half of it. And that was it. That's always it. And it's almost like to prove to myself, like it, I don't have this issue anymore, you know? And the same kind of goes for food, which is like, I can be eating and like the internal, Hey, you're full. It just like is much louder than it used to be. And I think that I used to probably drink and eat more out of like stress and stuff, but my, the reinforcement of that, those things actually make me more stressed and my ability to look at what long-term, you know, effects are going to be, which is like the next few days, it's so much higher now than it used to be. And I think that's also probably age that I don't have, I have no desire to get drunk and I have no desire to overeat to that extent. Yeah. Which is funny because there are a lot of people who are a lot older than you that have a lot of desire to get drunk. So yeah, I guess you're right. So it's definitely not age. Most I feel like I'm a much better person. Like, I don't feel like I need it to relax. And I don't feel like I need it to have fun. If yeah. that makes sense. So it's like, what's no, the- it actually makes a lot of sense to me. It didn't, it didn't before. And before I stopped drinking, I never understood that. I'm like, you don't drink. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You have issues and turn out I have issues. <laughs> you know, it's funny because what a lot of people say is like, well, I just need it to like let loose and have fun. I'm like, how do you even know? You've never given yourself the chance to let loose and have fun without alcohol. Yeah. Once you give yourself the chance, you say, I'm just not gonna do it for six months. You will learn how to have fun and let loose without alcohol. But I think a lot of people yeah. just don't ever let themselves. Yeah. Well, it's it's scary, you know, like then you see like your friends and you're like, I actually don't have fun with you. And then you feel guilty. And I'm like, drunk people are annoying. I'm like, it's not fun hanging out with them. I know. And then you start like losing friends. And then this whole thing happens, which is funny because people ask me like, what, how, how did you stop drinking? I'm like, I never wanted to stop drinking. I just didn't want to drink anymore. Like it's completely opposite. It's very different. That's, and so like, funny. that's what it was. Yeah, no, you, the way you said is exactly what Alex says about his, he's like, it's not that, I, he's like, I like want to want to. He's like, but I just don't. Yeah, that's funny how that works. So I do want to let you go, but I want to ask you one last question, probably have shit to do. But what do you think one thing, like maybe one feature, one trait of yours that you have right now that makes you a better person that you used to be like 10 years ago? Much higher empathy for myself and for others. So like- in prior jobs and when I was younger and everything, people would be like, Layla is like a robot. Layla is a hard ass. It was like hard ass, robot, and bitch um, were like the words that people would use. And it was because I was so like focused, but I, I was so uptight about it. And it's like the Layla that I was when I was younger was so funny and outgoing and light. And like, I loved comedy and humor. And you know, I remember my dad one day was like, what happened to Layla that used to make jokes all the time and pull pranks on people? And I was like, I don't know. It's like, I thought that I had to give that up to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I realized over time and probably more in the last couple of years that what will make me successful and make it sustainable is keeping that part of myself keeping that playful, fun, energetic side and, and learning how to integrate it into business and into all the things I like doing that I'm, or where I'm more ambitious. And so I think that came from having empathy for myself and being kind to myself because I don't naturally do that at all. In fact, when I hear people like be like, I, I love myself, this, I'm like, oh my God, this is such fluffy bullshit. I don't want to listen to this. But I was like, man, you know, better than being like, you're a piece of shit and I'm going to kick the shit out of you in my head. 
And so I think that has translated to how I relate to others. I think that I'm a much better friend. I'm a much better wife um, and I'm a better boss because I have that now proclivity towards being empathetic before not, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And like you said, you know, when people say all of this stuff, you know, I love myself and like, it's like, you are literally like the only person that can know if you do love yourself or you don't. And you can say all about it, but like, if you don't truly feel it, you know, that's bullshit. You hear my kids? Yeah. Yeah. You know how I was planning to like be home, you know, be done before they come back from home or from school. <laughs> it's fucking Christmas break. Oh my gosh. That's funny. You know, yeah. I mean, that's character. That's exactly, that's what my life is. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. If you guys are listening and you want to know more about Layla and what she does for business, then I'll put some links in the episode notes, but um, very easy to look her up. Layla Hermosi on all social media platforms. <laughs> so yeah, like, subscribe, share, you know, all those things. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. We thank you for listening and hope that our show helped you look deeper into your life and see how many opportunities you have right now to change the direction of your life. Please remember to subscribe, rate the show, and share on your social media with hashtags Do You by Vera, SD Transformation Coaching, and From Broken to Unbreakable. Catch you on the flip side.